Powered by Clear Vision Development Group, this is Better Than Before with Tony Richards, a business leader's podcast. Each week, we'll provide you with top business insights, fresh perspectives from world-class guests, and the tools you need to lead better than before. And now, here's your host, author and business coach, Tony Richards. Welcome to Better Than Before. I'm your host, Tony Richards, and this is the CEO Leaders Podcast Show. We have one clear objective to provide tools, information, and entertainment to make CEOs and executives better than before in business and in life. You can subscribe to our show anywhere. And I want to thank you personally for subscribing to our podcast because you know that a new episode comes out every single Tuesday. And if you haven't yet subscribed, I would really invite you to do that and very much appreciate your patronage and support. I am here ready to do the show today with Chief Producer Bill. Hello, Tony. How are you doing today? I'm good. How about you? Man, we got a great show today. I'm doing well. We got a special guest. She's on hold right now, and we'll be talking to her here in just a few minutes. But the awesome Tony Kaufman from down Texas way, I'm talking way down Texas way, and she will be giving advice on uh, if you are an executive and you've been laid off or fired from your job. And uh, man, what a traumatic experience. Yeah. I have had to lay people off and I have had to let people go. And I never, never took that lightly and always disliked doing it because you should dislike doing it. It should not be pleasant. Right. You know, I've had clients of mine uh, call me up a few minutes before they've had to do it. And they're like, man, this is so unpleasant. I'm like, I'm so glad to hear that. Mm. because it should never be pleasant and you ought to feel like you want to go out back and throw up, you know, because that is what makes you real and human and a loving person. It shows that you care. You bet. And you know, if you ever start enjoying it, you are in the wrong spot because you should never, it shouldn't be an enjoyable thing. Uh, and typically there's, you know, there's mistakes made now, with lower level employees, maybe you just, you made the wrong decision and hired the wrong person. Right. But I'm talking about people that have been at a high level in a company. They've been there quite some time. They've been very well compensated. They have gotten accustomed to a certain level of responsibility and authority and respect. And they've also gotten used to a certain amount of income. Uh, and that's just gone. Uh, it's, it's, it's gone. And a lot of times, uh, executives will have identity crisis. You know, they don't really know who they are anymore. Mm -hmm. And there's just a couple of things I want to ask Tony about. And I think she's going to give us some, some great advice. Well, I look forward to it. Yep. Um, I want to remind you about the self-esteem workshop. My workshop's coming up on Tuesday, May 28th. It's a one day. We start around nine in the morning, go till three 30 or so in the afternoon. It's very interactive. We do a lot of sharing. We do a lot of instruction. We do a lot of support. And we have done one other previously last year, and we got big rave reviews on that. In fact, the people who did it last year are constantly asking me to do the advanced part two version. And so we are looking at maybe doing that. But if you feel like 
And of course, we have assessments that we can do that can show us uh, the level of self-esteem that a person currently has. But if you feel like you're suffering from self-esteem loss or maybe you don't love and care for yourself the way that you really should, uh, I think this workshop would be good for you and you can sign up for it. It's, it's an extremely low price and extremely high value. So there is no reason in the world that you wouldn't come to this because it will do you a world of good. Also, I want to tell you about my book, The Big Idea, my first book. It's been out a couple of years now, and it's available at Amazon.com, BarnesandNoble.com, and BooksAmillion.com. You can also get it at ClearVisionDevelopment.com and audio versions. If you're an audio learner and you like books on audio, you can get an audio version of The Big Idea at Audible.com and also at our website, ClearVisionDevelopment.com. And finally, before we take a little break and get right straight to Tony, um, if you need a business advisor or a business coach or, a, or if you're a CEO or executive and you need an extra edge, I'd love to talk to you about working together. I can help you with growth. I can help you with your executive team. I can help you with your culture, with your brand. I can help you with execution. I can help you with your change management uh, initiative. Uh, I can help you with all those things. And I'd love to have a conversation with you about how we could make that happen. And we could release some powerful forces uh, in that coaching program to help you be even better than before. And so Tony Kaufman's blinking uh, on the on hold here in the studio, and we're going to punch that up and get her on the line with us next. I want to remind you that Better Than Before is sponsored by University Subaru. From here, been here, always will be here. University Subaru, your truly locally owned dealer. Stand by. Tony Kaufman is our guest next on Better Than Before. The all-new three-row Subaru Ascent. Room for up to eight passengers. Choice of second row captain's chairs or bench seating. Standard EyeSight driver assist technology. Coming from Kelly Blue Book's most trusted brand for four years running. The Subaru Ascent. Love is now bigger than ever. University Subaru, your locally owned dealer. From here, been here, always will be here. Do you apologize for your behavior? Are you constantly worrying about what others think about you or frequently criticize yourself? Self-esteem affects everything we do and is one of the key indicators of success in business. Tony's new self-esteem workshop will help you develop the tools necessary to empower you to overcome the pressure and unfamiliarity of professional and personal circumstances. Through Tony's guidance, you'll learn how to perceive threats and vulnerabilities to better prepare for challenging situations resolve the baggage that keeps you back, and improve self-esteem when you need it most. Join us on May 28th for this one-day self-esteem workshop. Space is limited. Don't let low self-esteem hold you back from living the life you'd like to live. Register online now at clearvisiondevelopment.com. Welcome back to Better Than Before with Tony Richards. And I've got a special guest today, Tony Kaufman. 
who is known for her radio show and podcast, The World Class Mentors. And she's got a new show, too, that we're going to talk about that hasn't quite been released yet, so you'll be in on the early scoop on that. She also has a production and casting background uh, for both English and Spanish programs. She has done such famous shows as American Idol, America's Top Models, uh, and also putting families uh, on the cast of Family Feud, among many others. She went from owning and managing high-profile corporate teams to creating networks of world-class mentors that host a multitude of influencers from industries uh, as wide and diverse as oil, technology, speaking, politics, film, and television. These mentors are guests on her show, and she's dedicated to celebrating those who have achieved world-class by honoring their mentors, their own lives, and legacies. She works with entrepreneurs, speakers, authors, healers, and coaches to help them find the celebrity within and she's CEO of her own company and helping clients fine-tune their message, offering and designing sizzling campaigns to increase sales and bring out their inner hero. She is a high-energy person with her audiences, and she has had everything from near-death experiences to driven absolute entrepreneurship. She's motivated, inspired, and I can't wait for you to meet her, uh, Tony who comes from a long line of Tonys. Welcome to the show. Hi, Tony. How are you? I'm doing well. Well, I have to tell you, my dad used to say there are more Tonys in this world than spotted dogs. All right. I, <laughs> I'll go with that. Now, I, my, I'm Anthony is where I get my Tony, but you come from an Antonio and an Antoinette, right? Is your name, right? Maria Antoinette, right. Uh-huh. So um, there are a lot of different kinds of Tonys, too, so... There sure are. I've met, I met an Antonia yesterday, so yeah, there's all kinds of them. Well, just reading through your bio, I mean, you've had such a wide and diverse life and done so many things. You're high energy and driven. Have you always been that way? Actually, I'm calmed down quite a bit since, <laughs> since 2015, <laughs> to tell you the truth. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, you're born and raised in Mission, Texas, which is Tom Landry's hometown, by the way. And his daddy was our fire chief. When you're raised in the very remote area of Texas, which is the Rio Grande Valley, it's the very tip of Texas down at the bottom. There's 16,000 people in total in my hometown at that time. So everybody knew everybody. And there wasn't a whole lot to do unless you made it yourself, right? And so that's kind of what, what the impetus to, to being creative did for me. It, it allowed me to make uh, action and, and, and make people happy by creating all kinds of events. Uh, actually, I developed and created all of the programs for Anheuser-Busch Spring Break at South Padre Island, uh, which is a timely topic right now. For seven years, I was a Bud Light girl, and, and I was actually the creator of all of the daytime activities, the nighttime activities, the poolside activities, and the concerts that we had, uh, you know, for three weeks of spring break, that is, in South and North Padre Island. Well, I'm glad that we're getting to know you today because I, I bet we've seen a lot of your work, but we didn't know it was you, right? So... <laughs> Um, another thing I was going to talk to you about real quick too, that's impressive. That wasn't really in the intro that I, um, it used to introduce you, but you were on a transition team for a president, right? Oh my goodness. Yeah. You know, my story, I say, um, uh, the Houston Rockets used to call me mama geek 
Microsoft used to call me a technical evangelist, but it wasn't until I was made, appointed to head the transition team for former president George H.W. Bush, the number 41, that I was actually called world class. And that was just such a wonderful and loving experience. Um, I, You know, it's funny, as you're going through that, you don't realize how important that is. I mean, you're, you're just there working, right? But uh, quite honestly, it was an incredible experience. I got to meet the family. Uh, I, I, I saw the love. I saw the dignity. I saw the abuse, you know, of, of how people treat a celebrity. And, and I learned a whole lot. And it was just uh, it was just an, an incredible time. Uh, General Schwarzkopf and President Bush were writing their book at that time, and I had to transition them from word perfect to word. Oh, uh, <laughs> right. Now Barbara never did want to leave word perfect. She stayed with word perfect. <laughs> so give me just quickly, if you don't mind, give me a couple of lessons you learned just by being around them. Well, um, let, let me give you a story. He had a brand new laptop because he was on the board of Compaq when he when he came back home to Houston. I would be on one knee next to the, the laptop and he would say, OK, Tony, what's this button for? And then I would explain the button and, and we would type something and then he would he would be happy because I only get 10, 15 minutes at a time to work with him. Right. So I'm kneeling next to him and the uh, the phone rings. And so he picks up the phone and he goes, Hey, Charlie. Oh, yeah, yeah. No, we'll pick you up at the airport. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, we're having a barbecue. No, nah, this is perfect. Don't worry, Charlie. And so I'm thinking, okay, this is a personal call. I need to get the heck out of this room, right? So I stand up and I walk around his desk and I'm walking out while he's talking about this wonderful barbecue for Charlie. And he looks at me leaving the room and he goes, no, Tony, relax. It's just Prince Charles. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. So that's, that's all I that's can what, say. That's awesome. I, know. I mean, did he have any idea what he had just told me, right? <laughs> He's certainly a man that I've admired, and uh, I thought he was great. I I first became aware of him when he was the head of the CIA, and, of course, he had a distinguished military record, and uh, I'm sure it was an honor to serve him. It was hard to... Uh... It was really hard to see this this very generous, very humble person uh, as as a world leader like that. Because when you work with him one on one, um, he's just a regular Joe, you know. I mean, he, and he was just so so caring about everybody else in his office. He made sure everybody was taken care of. We felt really important to be around him. So one of the superpowers that you possess, I'm just observing here is a very strong faith in people. And I know that if you've ever been a leader or if you've ever been an executive, uh, you've had setbacks where people are concerned as far as trust or maybe there's been an issue where people are concerned where they've let you down or they've broken the uh, confidence or whatever. What do you think fuels your uh, undying faith in people? You know, I, I have to tell you that... Um I had basically a month-to-month -month contract at Enron for eight years. Uh, that's back when I was teaching computers, teaching Microsoft Windows and Word and Excel and PowerPoint. I really believe in what my father told me. And he said two things that I need to share with you. One of them is you will find whatever you're looking for. 
So if you're going to, you know, fly to a different city and look for the worst, you're going to find it. But if you fly somewhere and you're looking for the best, I mean, even the taxi cab drivers become superheroes. You know, that's number one. Number two is you have to be a chameleon. I mean, I, I can't tell you how important it is when you're working in a corporate environment to be best friends with the cleaning lady. You know, I mean... <laughs> They open up, they share things, they, you understand where you stand. I mean, one of the very first things I ever did whenever I walked into a new corporate job was memorize the org charts because uh, you, you have to know where you stand in relation to who, you know, who's around you. But more important, look for the good in people. You're going to find the bad. The bad's going to come out. But you're going to find the, the best as well. Or as I often say, the bad is going to find you. You won't, <laughs> you won't, you won't have to look for it, right? <laughs> and so to, to set up this uh, other thing I want to talk about that you have dedicated a significant part of your life and expertise to, tell us about this new show that you've got coming out. Actually, there's two. One of them I'm going to tell you, and I'm not sure that I should say the word, but it's Dumb A, Don't Do It. It's a comedic show representation with uh, that I'm doing with a friend of mine. And uh, she is a cybersecurity expert and has actually been a consultant to the Joint Chiefs of Staff. So we share what's called a Yankee white uh, you know, security clearance. So we know what we can say and what we can't say. Half of her resume is redacted because you can't know what she was doing at the time of her job at, you know, in different parts of the government. But uh, she is the straight man, so to speak, uh, the Dean Martin, and I am the conspiracy nut on that show. And we're just having a great time with it. It's called Dumbass Don't Do It. And, and the uh, Great title. <laughs> and that's coming up. We're, we've already filmed a couple of segments and we'll be launching that pretty quickly. But the, the one that's nearest and closest to my heart is uh, the one called Act Two, Your Show Must Go On. The reason I'm saying that that's so important to me is because uh, in this country, at the last research that I did, we're looking at about 68 you know, million baby boomers, uh, people in this country who have been laid off, fired, or separated from their jobs. And now we're too old and too expensive to get hired again. I tell people, I mean, when this, when this happened to me uh, at Hewlett Packard, uh, I got laid off because I had a bad illness uh, or right after I recovered from bad illness. What I'm getting at is that, well, let's put it this way. It took me three months to stop checking my email every day because, I mean, after you give somebody 80 to 100 hour weeks working, you know, as chief of staff of global IT for the SAP division, you get used to a certain rhythm, right, of, of work and expectations. And, and putting in 80 to 100-hour weeks was pretty common. And so it took me, like I said, about three months to stop checking emails and start recognizing that I didn't have any relevance anymore. And that was painful. I find that, that baby boomers are seeking relevance. And, you know, what's really funny is that my little brother has been going through cancer treatments and dialysis and things for the last three and a half years. And, I mean, he was an IT expert, uh, went from, you know, $100,500 a year to zero, you know, in 30 days when he got ill. And I saw that in him as well. I mean, he just lost all relevance to himself and who he was. And that's the first thing that I address 
for executives is when somebody says, who are you, or they want to know about you, don't start by saying, I'm a VP here or an IT guy here, or you're much more than that. It took me a while to realize that because I, for the, you know, I'm going to be 64 here next month. And for the better part of my life, I was always what my job is. And wouldn't it be sad, Tony, if, if at your funeral, somebody introduces you as he was a great hard worker. Yes. (laughs) I used to tell people when I was a CEO, I would say, that's what I do. That's not necessarily who I am. Right. I maintain my own personal identity uh, outside the job title. Right. And so, because when you're not that anymore, like you said, it's you show has to go on right and so with 68 million people you're you're probably facing really good chances that it might happen to you or will happen to you at least once in your career and so um you know i'm sure you have a lot of material for the show but i'm just curious what sort of advice do you give that person uh, maybe out of your own personal experience too in how do you, what's the first step you take in, in getting your show back on the road? The, the, the first step that I took was going back in internally into myself and, and find, and figuring out what I, you know, what would I absolutely love to do, uh, in my future that I would do for free if I, if I could. So, you know, you've got a certain altruistic nature, everybody does, where you want to do something to serve or you want to do something to help people. And that's what, you know, what fuels score and, and you know, the Red Cross and is people wanting to give back, number one. But number two is, what would I absolutely love to do that I can possibly make some money at? And that's when I got uh, into the speakers, authors, healers, coaches world, is I started uh, d- looking at what I absolutely love to do. And, and that really fell back into marketing, promotions, and productions, and casting and stuff like that. And I, I absolutely love doing that. Of course, in Texas, if that's what you're going to do for a living, you're going to probably go broke because there just isn't a lot of, of, of motion pictures that come down here or commercials that get filmed here and the ones that are. I mean, it's, it's, a, it's a pretty tight uh, feeding frenzy when something does come down here. They just do them other places and tell us it's Texas. <laughs> yeah, especially Canada. Right. <laughs> You're absolutely right. So so that was step number one is go back into yourself and figure out what it is that you would do gladly. And, uh, and step number two is, okay, now if this is a hobby, how do we turn a hobby into something that makes money? And step number three, and it, this is not a step, actually, it's another number one. Um, is there's three directions that you're going to take when after you've been laid off uh, or dismissed or fired is number one, do you want to be another employee? So we want to help you go find another job. Or do you want to fend for yourself and create your own business and be an entrepreneur? And by the way, going from superpower employee to superpower entrepreneur is a very different road that most people think of because there's a mindset change there. So that's the second choice you've got. And the third choice you've got is should I go buy a franchise, right? And and live off of somebody else's system that works. So so those three steps are 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 where most people are. You know, and then of course you've got the folks with the golden parachute, but honestly, Tony, how much golf can you play? <laughs> right. Right. 
So, so as far as the individual themselves is concerned, should they try to maintain a positive attitude about this uh, at all times, or is it okay to go through the gamut of emotions and be a little upset and angry? What's the best way to kind of approach that part of it? Yeah, you know, I, I I tell people that going through that stage is is akin to going through a bad divorce because you have separated yourself from yourself that you've been for so many years, and it's even harder sometimes. But you have to go through that, and and you know what I did for a while was I made sure that um, that I did what I call a thirty thirty. And, uh, and I did this, uh, by the way, right after my near-death experience. So this is a great way to, to, to start back on the road to, you know, to finding yourself after you, you've had a major illness. And one of the things is the 30-30 is I, I would wake up in the morning and I would make sure that I had 30 minutes for 30 days of something that was motivational. So whether you like Deepak Chopra or whether you like Joel Olstein or whether you like Joyce Myers uh, or whether you have your own, uh, you know, meditation or whether you go do yoga, you have to find 30-30, whatever your 30-30 is, 30 minutes for 30 days. And then uh, that helped me get things in motion. The second thing that I discovered was how to deal with, uh, you know, the the feelings of, uh, I'm done for the the regret, the neglect, the, the I'm not good enough is um, I, I had to understand that every time you feel anxiety, grief, stress, you know, uh, um, failure, whenever you feel those feelings, I, I need you to do exactly what my mom used to do. She would take her hand and she would brush off on her shoulder all of these feelings, because she would tell me, those feelings do not come from God, okay? They are not there. You can tell them to shut up. You can tell them to go away, and you brush them off, and then you get yourself back, because the those are not good feelings, right? And we, we do have to process it, just like you do uh, processing, you know, grief, but uh, guilt is not that way. And, uh, and so the, the feeling of good enough is the number one factor that I find in most executives who have lost their job is they just, they, they've been hit. I call it God's two by four. They've been hit across the face with a two by four. I was listening to another podcast, um, about a week ago and there was a fella on the podcast talking about how he had been with this organization for 26 years. And his contract was not being renewed, which is a nice way of saying he was let go. And he said, I made a lot of money there. I did things I never thought I could do. I mean, he was just so positive about being separated from this company that he had worked for for 26 years. And I just sat there and thought, I wonder what he's really processing. Like, I wonder what he's really feeling. Because I understand he wants to publicly be positive but I just got to think there's a piece of him that's really frustrated and upset and not happy, you know? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. And, but, but, you know, the other, the other saying that my dad would say is never let him see you sweat. So you, you, you have to process this from the inside out. I, I do agree with you. And by the way, on my, my mission to get act two out, I have created a three day retreat, so to speak. And this is the fun part is because I, I brought back in all of my cinematic production experience. So see, when you're making a movie, you have pre-production, 
you have production and you have post-production, right? Right. Pre-production is your is your 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 scripting, your casting, right? So all of that happens on the first day. We create, we find out number one who you are on the inside by going through an archetype test. So I really am a strong believer of Joseph Campbell's uh, the archetypes. You know, the hero in all of us, the hero's journey, a twelve-step journey into into creating and finding out exactly what your archetype is, so that we can discover your superhero. So day one is we script you and we cast you and we get your mission, vision, values that you're looking for in yourself. Step two, which is the second day, is production. This is lights, camera, action. This is when we take you up on stage. And we do find the celebrity within because now we know who you are. Now we know what you want to say. Now we know what you want to do. And after the first day, now we get you to say it, do it, and look great doing it. And we videotape you at the same time so that, number one, you can have a video resume, which is really hot right now. And or we have something that gets you on the road to becoming a speaker, author, healer, coach. And uh, number three is post-production. So at what we leave on the editing floor before you leave. And this is where we take you through the three uh, um, uh, outcomes. Do you want to be another employee? Do you want to own your own company or do you want to buy a franchise? Let's do the due diligence on each of those on the third day so that you're post-production. And now you're ready for your premiere. Tony, you're doing some really, really awesome work, and I'm I'm just so excited. You get me so excited when you talk about those things. Let me ask you this question. What advice would you have for a spouse who uh, their, their husband or their wife is an executive who's been let go, and you're the closest person to them? So how does the spouse sort of support but yet empathize? I mean, how what advice do you have for them? You know, it's been really uh, interesting that you say that because the 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 one thing that my husband has done uh, is he's always there. The one thing that my father did, and my father died when I was 19, by the way, and I was a daddy's girl. So the, the one thing that he always did is he made me believe that I could do anything, you know, and that's that's just so important. It, it's to just be there, to be supportive, to uh, make a cool meal once in a while. You don't have to take people out to eat, but start looking at different ways. You know, there's all these companies now that send you all these meals already made and you guys can cook together and have some fun together. Start by going back to what it was that turned you on about this person and start celebrating that. Because you, this is, I mean, this is a, a, the empty nest. Um, you know, get really involved with your grandkids. I mean, gosh, what's the saying? I wish I had had them first because they're just so much fun. <laughs> <laughs> what about friendships? Um, so after you've been let go or, or fired, do you think you should open up your circle of friends or should you be more selective? How, how should you manage that part? You know, I absolutely love that question. There's two things that I recommend highly. Meetup.com, you know, in your town, in your city, in your state. I mean, meetup.com has just been incredible. You know, women helping women groups, men helping men groups, people finding the lost relationships or love. Or I mean, there's just so much fun. People who do nothing but meet on Saturdays and hit three restaurants in town to see what they're serving, <laughs> you know, crazy things like that. And the second thing is look up 
your favorite author, speaker, healer, or coach, and look up with what I call their masterminds. Uh, that has been so important to me. I mean, I, I have hooked up with some incredible people like Jay Fissett, Robin Sharma, who wrote The the Monk Who Sold His Ferrari. Oh, I know Robin, yeah. Yeah, you know, I just love that's He's the reason that I created The World Class Mentors, by the way. Um, it, my inspiration was one time he had flown into a an airport in South Africa, and on his cell phone, he interviewed the janitor of the men's bathroom because it was the cleanest bathroom he had ever seen in his life. And the little janitor had a smile from ear to ear saying, this is my space. So you're coming <laughs> into my space. It's got to be perfect. And that's truly world class, you know. That is. That is. That's awesome. <laughs> well, do you have any closing advice for the executive who has been let go or uh, needs to get on the path to the next act? Yes. Look in the mirror, wake up in the morning, go look in the mirror and picture yourself, see yourself as how your children or your grandchildren see you, not how you're judging yourself now, but look at the superhero that you really are. Wonderful. I've got a standard list of closing rapid fire questions. I ask every guest that comes on the show. So I've got 12 of them and I'm just going to ask them uh, to you and you give me the, the response that comes to mind. Okay. Okay. Number one, what is the best memory for you? Oh my gosh. Riding horses. Oh, <laughs> well, I grew up in Kentucky, so I got some of those too. <laughs> yeah. The open air, my hands spread out. Doing a, a slow lope is just uh, magic to me. Who's the number one hero in your life? You know, I would say my father, but honestly, I have seven kids, and each one of them is a superhero in their own right, and they keep me young, uh, and they keep me involved, and they keep me wanting more life. What are your seven kids' names, just real quick? Ben. Andy, Josh, Mikey, Danny, Eric, or, or James, and Todd. Wonderful. What's the top value you subscribe to? I really subscribe to paying it forward. And, yeah, paying it forward. Who's the most important person in your life? Wow. Right now, it's my husband. And his name? Kirvin, K-I-R-V-I-N. Wonderful. What's your favorite thing in the whole world? Oh my goodness, chocolate. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's akin to the next question. What's your favorite food? <laughs> there you go. I, you know, I, I'm still a Hershey's almond bar, you know, but I, I am a steak person. I love, I love a good cut of beef. Well, of course, Texan. Yeah. <laughs> um, what's the most beautiful place you've ever been to? Oh my goodness. It has to be Hawaii. Which island? Uh, we were at uh, at uh, Maui. Oh, cool. Yeah. If you could describe success in one word, what would that word be? Happiness. How do you want to be remembered? Like my father, I remember at his funeral, I turned back from the limousine and I could not see the end of the cars. There were people still leaving the church when we arrived at the cemetery. Wow. Advice for a younger Tony. <laughs> Be happy with your body. My God. 
<laughs> What's your favorite sound? Oh, wow. That's a good one. Oh, you know, I, I'm, yeah, I'm going to say, you know, <laughs> you're going to think I'm silly. The Tatun from Netflix when it first fires up. Oh, yeah. The um, uh, Kevin uh, slamming his ring on the desk, right? <laughs> that that dun dun. Yeah. All right. And the best lesson you've ever learned. Oh, wow. My dad saying, I've seen the world at its worst in World War II. He says, you need to see it at its best, which is every day. So um, he told me, when you're in front of a president, you speak like a president. When you're in front of a farm worker, you speak like a farm worker. And the ability to assimilate uh, into the cultures that you're in front of will be a great thing and always leave this world better off than how you found it. It reminds me that, that reminds me so much of the apostle Paul who wrote in the Bible. Um, I want to season my words with salt. So I will be able to answer every man. There you go. Yeah. Tony Kaufman has been our guest, just a fantastic person with a long list of achievements, and she has provided us with some awesome advice. If you've ever been laid off or fired or that ever happens to you, I mean, just so much in this interview. But, Tony, how do people find out more about all the things you got going on? Oh, that's great. Thank you. TonyKaufman.com, that's T-O-N-I-K-A-U-F, like in Frank, M-A-N. Uh, that's a great way. I also have uh, something called an easy text, uh, Tony, that I, I, I play with. If people want to text to the number 474747, they can just text the word Tony, T-O-N-I, and they'll they'll find out all about me on their phones. Oh, that's fantastic. And you got you got one show that's out now called The World Class Mentors. You've got another one coming out with the, what was the name of it again? The Dumbass Don't Do It. Dumbass <laughs> Don't Do It. And then you got Act Two. Um, f- finish Your that show one. must go on. Your right. show must go on. And so, um, my gosh, there's going to be a wealth of information in all three of those, as well as your world-class retreat that you're creating. People can uh, go back and listen to this interview uh, to find out more about that. But I am so pleased and fulfilled that you joined us today. My pleasure. Absolutely, Tony. Thank you so much for having me. Tony Kaufman, everybody. I'll have your business and leadership lesson next on Better Than Before. The all-new three-row Subaru Ascent. Room for up to eight passengers. Choice of second-row captain's chairs or bench seating. Standard EyeSight driver assist technology. Coming from Kelly Blue Book's most trusted brand for four years running. The Subaru Ascent. Love is now bigger than ever. University Subaru, your locally owned dealer. From here, been here, always will be here. Receive weekly coaching tips from Tony Richards, delivered straight to your inbox. Whether you're a CEO or an entrepreneur, Tony can help you reach your goals and give you a competitive edge within your industry. Tony's Monday Morning Coaching Memo covers topics ranging from leadership development to teamwork to company culture and more. Text the word leadership to 38470 to sign up for Tony's Monday Morning Coaching Memo or sign up online at clearvisiondevelopment.com.
Welcome back to Better Than Before. I'm your host, Tony Richards. And on our business and leadership lesson this week, I want to talk to you about seven practices to keep your team winning. You know, a winning team is fairly easy to identify. Something about the way they get along with each other. They carry a special swagger and confidence about them. The way they go about their business. And you can also very easily spot a team that isn't winning. Bickering, infighting, finger pointing, blaming, dissatisfaction everywhere. And most people are just trying to survive for themselves as individuals. They're just trying to get through it. Well, as leaders and executives, here are seven things that I feel we can put into practice to help keep our winning teams winning. And we can also turn around those teams that maybe they've experienced a decline or they've got that defeatist attitude or that dark cloud hanging over. Number one, the first thing I think you have to do is you have to get alignment. You as the leader need to make sure everyone on the team has goals that are aligned with each other and with the organization's goals. How can you monitor progress so you can help with coaching and course corrections along the way to make sure everyone arrives at the same place at the same time if you haven't properly clarified and aligned the goals with each other. And I find the best teams are dependent upon each other's goals. They have to work together in order to succeed. When an executive can just do their own work and succeed on their own in their own part of the org chart, that can create silos. So you've got to make sure that you get alignment for those people that somewhat interdependent upon each other. And also when you're communicating any change for the organizational's direction, Anytime you're communicating a change on the focus, anytime you're communicating a change on the priorities, it's also something you need to be able to articulate and communicate with them quickly, clearly, and is in alignment with what you've already agreed on. Number two, conduct employee performance reviews more than just once a year. So many companies and organizations still just do them once a year, and some people do them... uh, like never. More frequent review sessions gives the team member a chance to talk with you about what they're doing well, any gaps they might have in their performance results, any competency improvements they need to make, and so on and so forth. And you know what? It also allows the leader some teaching moments when you have people who their results might be lower, their performance might be not as good. It gives them more chances to improve their skills and improve their results. And that's going to help your overall team come up a few notches, right, if you do that. Number three, provide ongoing feedback to maximize performance. Giving feedback is the one skill every leader needs to improve. It's not something that we do very well at all. Giving feedback should happen daily and plenty of interaction. It isn't a one-way conversation. It's a two-way conversation. When you wait around and delay in giving feedback in even more frequent performance reviews, it's just not going to do it. Feedback needs to happen in game situations, in real time. You know what I mean by game situations? It's like right then when whatever happens, happens. 
and you need to, it needs to be right there in real time and let the team member know that you care, that you're listening, that you're watching, that you desire to help them get better in their performance. Ongoing feedback helps everybody. It helps everybody as long as it's given in the spirit of helping and you stay relentlessly positive when you give it. Number four, invest in performance improvement development. Yep, here's my plug for development, right, and coaching. It's like taking the right supplements with your diet. It helps in ways you can't even imagine. Improving performance, increasing awareness, building trust, increasing confidence. It goes on and on and on. I actually had an executive team member tell me once when we were talking about working together. So it's a prospect, right? Not a client. And he said, well, I talked to our CEO and and probably my first mistake, not talking to the CEO, but he said, I talked to our CEO and he just doesn't feel like we need coaching. And I thought, Brother, everybody needs coaching. Everybody needs coaching. Everybody needs a coach. Uh, you just do. That's a fact of life. And your improvement results are astronomical when you get coached by a professional that knows what they're doing. Number five, identify and reward high-performing employees and performers. Yes, I very much believe in differentiation. You must be fair, but you do not have to be equal because results are not equal. Uh, effort is not equal. Client lists and things of that name are, uh, nature are not equal. It's never going to be equal, but it does have to be fair. If you don't clearly identify and reward when someone is hitting the mark or going past it and overperforming, what's the incentive for that person to do better? There isn't one. Also, knowing and being able to clearly identify who your high-performing team members are is critical. These are the people that you cannot afford to lose as long as they are living your values and hitting their marks. If they're hitting the marks but not living your company values, you cannot afford to keep them around. Because other people look at them and they think, oh, as long as I bring the bacon, I can do whatever the heck I want. And that is not what you want. You want people who bring the bacon and also live the way you want them to live inside the organizational hierarchy. You want them to stay in their lane. You want them to exhibit the behaviors that model the values that you want every employee to hold near and dear to their heart. Clearly identifying and rewarding the behavior you want is critical. Clearly identifying and rewarding the behavior you don't want is a success for failure because behavior will not change if not challenged and behavior that is rewarded will be repeated. And that goes to the positive and the negative. Number six, you need to have a succession plan. You need to be able to replace critical people at all times, not just when somebody leaves, not when somebody quits, not when crisis strikes. In fact, you need to have a plan that's ready all the time because you're going to lose people. You just are. People are going to move on. People are going to take better positions. People are going to take different positions. People are going to retire. People are going to just quit. A vacant spot on your team, which represents essential skills, is going to create a gap that will cripple you and your execution. So keeping your talent pool fresh 
Keeping it stocked, keeping it developed is an activity too many of us do not properly utilize. Number seven, last one, balance effectiveness and efficiency. And yes, I got this one from my hero, Peter Drucker. You need to balance doing the right things and doing things right. The recession that we had back in 07 or 08 clearly forced people into doing activities and thinking of leaders in a more efficient way. So they started getting into efficient mode, right? But you cannot forget about effectiveness. You've got to make sure that your efforts uh, are not being expended doing the wrong things very right. Start with making sure that you're doing the right things at the right time and doing them as right as possible. It can very much hurt you if you're hammering the nails as hard and fast as you can if they're the wrong nails and it's the wrong wall. That's our show today. We're brought to you by University Subaru. From here, been here, always will be here. University Subaru, your truly locally owned dealer. Be sure and give us a five-star rating. We would very much appreciate it. It helps us, and you will have given us a nice gift, so it will definitely help you in the spirit of giving. And it'll help other people, too, because they'll see that we're highly rated, and they'll get to share in the value that you've been receiving from Better Than Before every week. Also, follow me on Twitter, at TonyRichards4, and our uh, company you can follow, at ClearVisionDEV. On behalf of our associate producer, Whitney Coker, and our chief producer, William Foster, I'm your host, Tony Richards. I love you, I care about you, and I want to remind you of one very important thing. Everything gets better when you get better. Thank you for listening to Better Than Before with Tony Richards, a business leaders podcast powered by Clear Vision Development Group. For more resources from Tony, visit clearvisiondevelopment.com. Join us next time for another episode of Better Than Before with Tony Richards. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.